finally for the third of our install of our christmas day reflections i'm going to have a lighter one and who better to give us a lighter catholic reflection for christmas for the feast of the nativity than gk chesterton some traditionally minded catholics don't care much for chesterton i honestly don't know why he tends to be a little verbose with his writing and some at some times but he was a treasure one of the greatest writers of the 20th century and we forget his lessons at our own peril as a reading suggestion i suggest you read his biography of saint francis of assisi it's considered one of the best and his biography of saint thomas aquinas which is widely considered to be the best biography of saint thomas aquinas ever written if you want something you know of his writings that aren't political or anything like that those are where i would go or his fiction, his Father Brown mysteries and other things. But this is one of his otherwise forgotten Christmas reflections. And I hope you find this as entertaining and joyful as I do. God bless. Any agnostic or atheist whose childhood has known a real Christmas has ever afterwards, whether he likes it or not, association in his mind between two ideas that most of mankind must regard as remote from each other the idea of a baby and the idea of unknown strength that sustains the stars. His instincts and imagination can still connect them, when his reason can no longer see the need of the connection. For him there will always be some savor of religion about the mere picture of a mother and a baby, some hint of mercy and softening about the mere mention of the dreadful name of God. But the two ideas are not naturally or necessarily combined. It has been created in our minds by Christmas because we are Christians, because we are psychological Christians even when we are not theological ones. In other words, this combination of ideas has emphatically, in the much disputed phrase, altered human nature. There is really a difference between the man who knows it and the man who does not. It may not be a difference of moral worth, but it is a plain fact about the crossing of two particular lights, the conjunction of two stars, in our particular horoscope. Omnipotence and impotence, or divinity and infancy, do definitely make a sort of epigram which a million repetitions cannot turn into a platitude. It is not unreasonable to call it unique. Bethlehem is emphatically a place where extremes meet. No other story, no pagan legend or philosophical anecdote or historical event does in fact affect any of us with that particular meme and poignant impression produced on us by the word Bethlehem. No other birth of a god or childhood of a sage seems to us to be Christmas or anything like Christmas. The truth is that there's quite a peculiar and individual character about the hold of this story on human nature. It is not in its psychological substance at all like a mere legend or the life of a great man. It does not exactly in the ordinary sense turn our minds to greatness, to those extensions and exaggerations of humanity which are turned into gods and heroes, even by the healthiest sort of hero worship. It does not exactly work outwards adventurously to the wonders to be found at the ends of the earth. It is rather something that surprises us from behind, from the hidden and personal part of our being, like that which can sometimes take us off our guard in the pathos of small objects or the blind pieties of the poor. It is rather as if a man found an inner room in the very heart of his own house, which he had never suspected and seen a light from within. It is if he found something at the back of his own heart that betrayed him into good. It is not made of what the world would call strong materials, rather it is made of materials whose strength is in that winged levity with which they brush and pass. It is all that is in us but a brief tenderness that is there made eternal. All that means no more than a momentary softening, that is in some strange fashion becomes strengthening and a repose. It is the broken speech and the lost word that are made positive and suspended unbroken. 
As the strange kings fade into a far country, and the mountains resound no more with the feet of the shepherds, and only the night and the cavern lie in fold upon fold over something more human than humanity. It's an interesting reflection, I think. But Chesterton's not wrong there, is he? I mean, think about it this way. He, he's, when we see, there is a cultural significance to Christmas that goes, that is like sort of the inheritance of the world from its more Christian times. And as we as Catholics who try to cling the faith and to the faith and pray that we can restore those Christian times to the world, when we understand that Christmas is a cultural inheritance as well, that it, ha that it still is almost like the entry point for the gospel in many ways into the world, it brings new light to all the attacks we see on Christmas that we see coming from the adversaries of the faith, those who want to destroy everything and want to bury our faith. Why do they get so why do they make such nasty attacks? It seems at the two holiest times of year, at Christmas and at Easter. It's something really worth remembering, I think. And I don't know, it's 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 one of those things with with Chesterton where he is very good at connecting our faith to use to diagnose the ills of the age. And he wrote this more than a hundred years ago. And things have only gotten worse. It is, it's something worth remembering, I think. And I have a couple quotes here from him that maybe will help clear this up a little bit. He says, anyone thinking of the Holy Child as born in December would mean by it exactly what we mean by it. That Christ is not merely a summer sun of the prosperous, but a winter fire for the unfortunate. Those who go after Christmas and try to destroy it, not just turn it into, you know, some a nauseating day of making a lot, you know, season of making a lot of money in the secular world, but I mean, those who want it buried because they are there, they recognize this. They recognize that that Christ is is the winter fire for the unfortunate. That the people that they want to mobilize for their ends. Many of them look to Christ instead, especially at this time of year. Some of the most joyous Christmases you will probably ever encounter in life would be in the homes of the poor. Why is that? It's food for thought, I think. But here's another one from Chesterton. The great majority of people will go on observing forms that cannot be explained. They will keep Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions. They will continue to do it and someday suddenly wake up and discover why. I wonder how many conversions happen because of Christmas, or are spurned on because of Christmas. And before I was a Catholic, I hated Christmas. And not Christmas Day. I didn't hate Christmas itself. I hated secular Christmas. Because it seemed so obvious that what it was that was being professed with the lips through action was not what was being celebrated. That something had gone horribly awry. And I still don't like secular Christmas much. I don't let it bother me as much as I used to. But, you know, one day I woke up and discovered why Christmas was a good thing. And I, and I think a lot of people, Christmas plays a key role in their conversion. And I wonder if there is, 
you know, if that if you are a convert, let me know in the comments if it was something that was a something important for you and your conversion. Let me know in the comments if that actually was part of your journey, that Christmas was part of your sort of awakening, your your Catholic epiphany, so to speak, was seeing, as he says in that short reflection, the relationship of the mother and the child and the humanizing of it and really bringing home what Christmas is about. Or if there was some other aspect of Christmas beyond the material that sort of snapped you into reality, or maybe it was your moment of reversion. You had walked away from the faith and you came back joy joyfully. Thanks be to God. You came back and Christmas may have played a key role in that. I'm very curious about that. So let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot as well. Back to the regular news tomorrow, folks. Have a blessed Sunday, and Merry Christmas.